Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who share their great ideas in our guest blog, found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Elizabeth Verway, a serial entrepreneur with over 25 years in business. We'll discuss her experience as a business owner and how you manage the changes to your business model. Elizabeth joins us from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. What I'm going to love about our conversation, Elizabeth, is that we're kind of contemporaries. We've both been in business for a number of years. There's been lots of peaks and valleys and ups and downs. So how perhaps you can give us a, a little bit of insight as an entrepreneur for a successful entrepreneur for as many years as you have been. What's the ride been like? Oh my gosh, uh, sometimes it feels like a roller coaster and other times it just feels like a river cruise. That is a wonderful analogy. And I really love it. Hey, listen, we all want to be on the river cruise, right? No, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of don't want to be on the roller coaster anymore. And I'm wondering if you can give a little bit of insight, because I know that a lot of times our customers give us the direction for our next sort of great idea or the next transition that we're going to make in our business. And sure. you've just recently gone online with a number of courses after having a live speaker series. That's How did right. that transition happen? I mean, clearly the economy and, you know, things out of our control had a big impact on that. But were you working on the online courses in the background for quite some time? Not really. It came um, to mind, really, when I had, well, when uh, COVID locked us down, I found that um, I had had seven years of uh, hearing over uh, 100 speakers, uh, well, 200 speakers now, but 100 when the lockdown happened and 100 online. And um, I realized how much I'd healed hearing all of those stories of resilience and helping people find the power in what they did to overcome their circumstances. And so I found when I didn't get a lot of satisfaction about being online anymore, that happened in May of 2022, but my clients weren't ready to go back to live events. So all along during 18 months, I had been writing the course to teach other people. And I thought that I would continue Spoken Lives, and I may, but we're going to have a big celebration called the Silver Linings Gala to celebrate the 200 speakers, and then I'll decide. But uh, in the meantime, over the seven years, I found a number of speaker series come, start up, and then just leave Disappear. Yeah. because they didn't make any money. And I right. have the business sense to teach people how to do that. That's a really wonderful um, sharing of information because I know, having been a speaker at one of your Spoken Lives events, I know that you modeled your entire um, focus on a licensee concept. Yes. So you started with your own vision and then as it started to expand, you expanded to uh, you know, include licensees. Give our viewing and listening audience a little bit of a behind the scenes on that, because I'm sure that there's a number of folks who are listening to this and thinking, hmm, licensees. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. I have something similar that I could do. But I know there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes for that. 
Yes. And you give everyone a little bit of an insight. What's the first thing they have to do if they're thinking of doing a licensee program? Well, you know, figure out what they are willing to give the license licensor and then um, and what who they want to attract. Right. Because you want to work with people who have the know-how, uh, to a little bit of know-how to, kn to know that they can do it. You don't want to get into too much support and you don't want the brand to suffer by bringing people who aren't ready. Right. So, yes, I found it very easy to find those people because there were people who had the passion for starting a speaker series, but not the business sense. Right. And so that's what happened. I mean, we had ones in the this city, because uh, Toronto is so large, but other cities as well. And then we started a Spanish uh, version of Spoken Lives. Wow. And then I was looking for a French uh, coordinator with the skills that I needed, uh, you know, when mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. changed to be online. Right. And uh, I just, through COVID, um, I reflected that it had taken a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a legal agreement drawn up, a lot of money and a lot of work mm -hmm. to make it all uh, come together. And yet the licensees um, weren't, uh, they were moving on. They were, wow. they were learning what they could learn from the concept and then starting their own speaker series. And I thought, hey, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> yeah, something's happening here. I'm giving them their leg up. And then, but, but you know, I guess to the point that they say that, um, you know, that's the highest form of flattery when we give people the confidence that they need in something where perhaps they didn't have the skill level before. Absolutely. And, and I believe that the course can, can, can do that. that. Right. Yeah. That's right. And what I love is the mentorship that you offer, because let's talk a little bit about that, because... You know, we've all had people that we've admired in our careers. There have been people that perhaps, you know, we've just had a casual coffee with who've given us some great advice. And then I'm sure if you're like me, you've actually had some one-to-one -one mentoring opportunities. I must admit, though, for me, it wasn't until I had been in business for a number of years because I used to say I was running at Mach 2 with my hair on fire. I didn't have time to sort of stop to smell the roses. So I was always running to the next thing. Perhaps you can give us a little bit of insight into mentorship and how it has helped you in your career. So people who have helped to mentor you. Wow. I have had so many mentors and I'm very lucky. I, my first mentor was really early on in my career. It was informal, but she was a boss. And I, I find that there's three types of mentorship. There's the formal, the informal and the accidental. So when you, you know, have a formal program, that's pretty straightforward. Now they have them in schools and in workplaces. The informal is, you know, that boss that said, hey, you know, you, you can do this and I'm going to give you an opportunity to do even more and I'll guide you through the, the uh, minefields. And uh, then the informal, of course, is when you sit by someone in an airplane and uh, <laughs> have a conversation, conversation right? or yeah. you, know, you hear something at a party. It might even not be meant for you. Uh, but for me, I have uh, been very fortunate that people have seen my passion and uh, invested time with me. And I respect mentors greatly. And I um, 
do what they tell me to do and uh, if it feels right and then um, go back to them and say, hey, I've done that. And, you know, I've guided so many people to risk asking somebody to mentor them, Mm -hmm. Um, clients and, uh, you know, friends as well, you know, and it doesn't have to be a personal relationship either. We can read somebody's book or, you know, that sort of thing and, and be inspired and take lessons from that. Right. Well, I think, you know, honest to goodness, I think you've read my second book, Breaking Barriers, because I actually talk about the three different kinds of mentors and we share stories um, from, from women. Yeah. Seriously. Talk about serendipity. When you were mentioning three mentors, I'm like, I think, that Elizabeth has read my book because you were like chapter and verse starting to talk about what I've uh, my experience um, with mentorship. Do you know where I got these three three types? Was I did an interview with a hundred entrepreneurs mm-hmm. back in two thousand four, I think, and I found these th- through story. I found these three types of. Uh, mentors and I was how funny is that because similarly I went to Harvard Law School and took a program in a certificate program in mediation and dispute resolution with 50 47 other people from around the world and it was talking to those folks that I actually came up with the three different types of mentors and ended up writing a book on it so talk about serendipity and how things you know the the threads of life weave us together in a really wonderful way um, and in my first year of the guest blog series, we shared 100 stories. So uh, like you, there has just been so many similarities and, um, you know, touch points over the years that have sort of brought us to this place. Now, we've mentioned that both of us have been in business for a long time. I mean, 25 years as an entrepreneur for a female is quite an accomplishment. So congratulations to you on that, because being successful over that time, I know what goes into it because I've experienced it myself. Now, as you look towards the future and what's in store for Elizabeth, because you know what, there's lots of life things that happen in in that course of uh, of process. And, you know, there's things that happen that we're not expecting. And there's things that happen that are wonderful surprises. But as you're sitting with me today and taking a look at sort of, and you must have a three to five year plan very similar to myself. I mean, I can't imagine that you don't. Uh, what do you see in the future for Elizabeth? Where, where, do you, where would you like to be if we reconnected in another year and, and you know, we came back and did another podcast? Would, what, where would Elizabeth be in a year? Oh, great question. Well, I have, of course, Grow at Your Pace, which is a a boutique online platform for experts. And in 2023, my goal is to bring 10 experts on to that platform. Um, I have a couple of other courses that I want to uh, provide as well. And there's a book that I'm uh, shopping around to uh, uh, publishers right now. I've published two books uh, myself, business books, and they were you know, quite uh, easy to sell, hand sell to um, people that I was giving workshops to and people that I was connected to and libraries and that sort of thing. But this new book has a bigger, a larger audience. And so I'm going to uh, write one more book. And then I have a documentary that I am eager, eager, eager to uh, do. So I have a lot of learning ahead of me. You know, I really, you know, 
this platform I had no idea how to use. I mean, you know, uh, 18 months ago or two years ago, if you had said to me I was going to have a podcast series with over 130 guests so far, I would have, you know, kind of rolled my eyes and went, yeah, I don't think so. Like, there's an awful lot there that I have no idea how to do. Um, but it's amazing how, you know, talk about resilience and perseverance. And I call it the three Ds, drive, determination and discipline. You know, when you set your mind to it, there's really not much that you can't accomplish if it's within your wheelhouse and within your, you know, I call it your passion projects. What are the types of uh, program? I mean, a documentary series or a docu-series, are you going to be the person behind the camera as well as in front of the camera? Oh, well, that's a big question still. Um, I hope that I'll be the person behind and in front, but right. we will see. Uh, there's a small team already interested in it. So um, Isn't that fantastic? Luckily, there's an organization called uh, Women in Film and Television. And again, back to mentors, I'm relying on this uh, topic to be so interesting to other filmmakers that will be, uh, I'll be in a partnership situation. And I love that you've taken, you've gone outside your comfort zone. I mean, clearly this is not something that you've done before. So you've got this great idea and you've said, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And I'm just going to start to, you know, take the little baby steps, make connections by email, reach out to people who may have a little experience in that field. How did you find the ask? So what did that feel like in making that sort of first introduction when you were kind of saying, hmm, I have this idea. What do you think? You know, when I was a child, I'll say, my mother, one time I picked a trillium and my mother said to me, I think that's illegal. <laughs> I said, oh, no. And she said, but, you know, we should phone the government and ask them. Oh. And I still can remember, if I close my eyes, I can remember that the old school telephone, the black yes, the rotary. Yeah. It's like. It was pulsing. I get goosebumps telling you it was pulsing. It was such a scary thing. Yeah. I would have been probably eight, nine years old. But, you know, I dialed the number she gave me. I talked to this woman who was very sweet. And I found out that it's a myth that they encourage, but it in fact is not illegal to oh, pick a trillium or it wasn't way back in the <laughs> yeah, because it's our it's our provincial flower, right? And um, anyway, so that was my first ask. And I have really had moments of insecurity, but I have never failed to ask for what I'm interested in. And and I just find people uh, respond. And if they don't respond, they're not the right person. So right. I go, okay, next, you know, right. who, who's next on my list? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I keep score. If I start feeling insecure, I'll just, uh, you know, make marks on a page and then I'll see, oh, okay, this is a good idea. But um, with both the book and the documentary, I've had very warm receptions. At this point, I think I've refined what... Your ask. <laughs> what, yeah, refined <laughs> the ask and refined what people want, right? Right, right. Where's your inspiration, Elizabeth? Because, you know, I think as we move through the decades of life, um, different things happen that inspire us in different ways. So clearly, you're at an age and stage in your career where you've got some inspiration to share stories, to help other people 
share their stories so that give them a voice, a platform for a voice, which I think is just like phenomenal. Um, Where's your inspiration coming for all of that? The first thing that popped to mind was children. I, I love inspiring children and um, they inspire me. You know, when I, I we're, we're going for a sleepover with a niece and a nephew this weekend and I'm packing like books that they can uh, read and books that they can make. And, you know, just um, I know that we're going to have a lot of laughs. Right. And so, yeah, I get a lot of inspiration from children and I want to leave something behind because I've gathered so much knowledge over the years. Right. 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 And every detour and, you know, my mother used to say, um, sometimes you just need to take the lighthouse route. And I'm yes, the, so true. the lighthouse route is yeah. along the shore and it's curvy and, you know, you don't get there in the fast. Not a straight way. line. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm taking the lighthouse route, but I'm exploring and gathering information. And it's a joy. It's a joy to be alive. And my big brother died at 50 and oh, every birthday his or mine i remind myself how lucky i am to be here and how short mm -hmm. our our contribution is to the to the bigger picture right and and to your point we all have something that we're trying to give back to our communities um, whether they be large communities or small communities and i truly believe i'm sure like you that everyone has an amazing story to share. And there's something that we can learn from each other for sure. Yes. One of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask folks to share three words of advice. And your three words are be brave and grow. Yeah. Give our viewing and listening audience a little bit of an insight as to why those words are important to you. Wow. Well, I see a lot of people that have setbacks and they get stuck and they just sit down and they don't continue to grow and they just say, that's it. Right. And I uh, often have the opportunity to support them in some way, to inspire them in a little way, to you know, help process the loss that they've had. And I tell them, be brave. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I'm feeling really sassy, I'll say, be brave, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be brave yeah. or else we'll just shrivel up and die. Yeah, and we can't take ourselves too seriously either, right? I mean, that's the other thing. We're so afraid of failure and we're so afraid of rejection that sometimes we're paralyzed with our own fear. So I love your be brave statement. That's really wonderful. Yeah. Such a pleasure to spend some time. I feel like we're kindred spirits, uh, Elizabeth. You know, our lives have obviously been very different and yet very much the same. Yeah. And I think that you've given our viewing and listening audience some really wonderful things to think about. And as everyone knows, in the, I always share the story as part of our um, audiovisual and podcast so that they can connect with you directly and perhaps have a, a new conversation with you. And I, I think that's really important. And I thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom with us today. Oh, thank you. It's been my pleasure. We'll have to do it again, right? In For another sure. year, we'll follow up and we'll say, okay, what did you do this last year? Let's, let's, do, let's keep score. Fantastic. Okay. Thank Thanks.
To you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.